What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard, it's a business. Dead meat. Hey, welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, an extension of the YouTube channel Dead Meat. I'm James. I'm Chelsea, and we're engaged, and we like to get scared together. Hey, our setup this week is different. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, if you're watching this and not just listening, uh, because we have a guest on who is not where we are, because it's quarantine. Yeah. Uh, we have Mike Doherty, friend of ours, horror director, trick or treat, Krampus. He's Sam's dad. <laughs> I think of him. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Howdy, how are you? We're good. How's how's quarantine treating you? Uh, I mean, could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, could be worse, but I'm 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 doing okay. Good. Doing okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, so we wanted to do an episode I think inspired by this video that you and our friend uh Evan Gorski made small world that we also know Evan. I know, I yeah. Um <laughs> you made this amazing montage of horror movies where it's it is incredible how the beats of these movies mirror what is going on right now do you want to kind of explain what this video is and we'll put links to it and everything in the description yeah 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 i mean i i found myself revisiting a lot of my favorite movies uh when the pandemic hit and uh they're all movies that everybody knows and loves you know all the classics the thing alien the shining uh the mist one of my favorites, Underdog there. Um, but the, I found that these were movies, I mean, they're always favorites. I'll, I'll usually watch them once or twice a year, just to sort of put them on in the background. But what I noticed was when the pandemic hit, I was marathoning them, uh, consciously or subconsciously. I think I was looking for survival tips, you know? And I just found these little moments uh, where a character would just utter a line that really hit home. You know, a good example is Ripley in the original Alien, when she's trying to convince the other crew members not to come back on the ship because they'll break quarantine. You could die in 24 hours, open the hatch. Listen to me, if we break quarantine, we could all die. Uh, I just found these moments. I also noticed other people in social media doing the same thing. You know, like a lot of people were sort of revisiting horror movies that uh, touched on themes about isolation, you know, with The Shining, paranoia, uh, zombie movies, obviously. And so I realized there was just sort of this through line, this you know, theme that was that ran through all these different titles about survival and how they had like legitimate survival tips, you know, that they've all sort of been like, again, it's almost subconsciously preparing us for this mass horror. Uh, and so I started talking to our mutual friend, Evan, and I said, it'd be funny if we just did a mashup, just did a mashup that would be sort of a cathartic video that we could sort of share with friends and just throw it online and see what happens and within a week we were just up and running and it just became this little passion project i was doing off to the side and um yeah it just sort of snowballed from there it's so good did you, like how long did it take to kind of go through and look for specific lines or are these movies that you just know so well that it wasn't even that hard yeah that's what i want to know were uh, you like writing down lines was there a script of any sorts or was it all kind of memory a lot of it was memory, to yeah. be honest. I wow. mean, yeah, again, these are these are all movies that are easily in my top ten, uh, and it was also just a good excuse to go back and rewatch them. Uh, you know, one of my favorite habits is you know I'll rewatch a movie, revisit a movie the same way a lot of people will listen to their favorite album. Like I don't need to be sitting in front of the TV watching it. Mm -hmm. I just like hearing The Shining in the background. 
you know, or I just like hearing alien and just the lines, the sound design, just the atmosphere of it, I find very comfortable and reassuring. Um, and so, you know, I would be working or doing emails or dishes or whatever, and just have alien in the background and just listen for key moments or lines that, uh, would hit home for the video. And then I would just shoot the clip off the TV and text it to Evan. <laughs> and, um, you know, his library is pretty vast anyway. So he's already got a lot of these movies too. And he would just find the right clip and throw it in. Uh, or, you know, he would, you know, he did the same thing on his end. You know, when he, I think he really sat down and rewatched um, Not the Living Dead, for example. And then it just became a really fun collaboration where we, he sort of did a first pass at it and then, uh, we started to sort of sculpt what the actual story of it was, like trying to make sure that the story of the video matched the events that we're all dealing with, you know, starting with, okay, there is a pandemic, you know, there's something out there, there's a virus, uh, how vicious it is, quarantine, wearing masks, uh, you know, potential cures, what have you, <laughs> and also sort of like the mass hysteria, people hoarding supplies, um, the debate in the media about, you know, is there really something out there or not? And how we're all sort of turning on each other. Uh, it it, it kind of just started to write itself. Like we, we were actually, you know, in the middle of it is when there was that brief bit of wonderful advice to uh, inject yourself with. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was that was a very, very uh, late addition to to the mashup. Uh, but thankfully, we both knew exactly what clips we wanted to use for that. <laughs> yeah. I love that when you first put it on, it's like, Oh, this is funny and kind of cool. And then as you're watching, it's like, Oh, there's a narrative here. That's great. Yeah. I kind of want to go. You're living it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so not I almost want to go through like kind of the broad, like beats of it. And then maybe take like a few minutes on each beat of yeah. the structure of it and we could just talk about the movies in there and, maybe... and also before we do that as an editor uh you recording a clip off your tv and sending it to your editor is the most producer thing i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just picture evan getting this and being like nah i guess i'll go look up the clip myself in my footage i mean i think he had fun but i also i even turned on the subtitles <laughs> Yeah, you know, like just to make sure, like that the that the that the intent of each clip was clear. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. Yeah, it sounds like. I mean, obviously, it worked out well. There's there's really something to the idea of, like, using horror as a kind of comfort blanket, even though it seems like it's counterintuitive, right? Like everything going on is so scary and uncertain, and it's like, well, why would I want to further? you know, immerse myself in that. But it's, I, mean, I feel like it's, I was about to say, I right, literally was about to say Contagion that. was on, what was yeah. it like? Yeah, like rentals for that movie skyrocketed. Yeah. It's such a, that's such a random movie too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I watched Contagion twice. I yeah. <laughs> and I found it oddly comforting. Yeah. <laughs> I think, because, you know, it took on sort of a mythic uh, status where it, it, it sort of, it was obviously it's fiction, uh, but at least it shows us prevailing in the end. So in a weird way, as much as it's terrifying, it sort of instills the hope of, okay, maybe there are still some intelligent people who work for the government. Yeah. We're going to see us through this. Uh, and I, I, the same thing with all the other movies, you know, watching the thing and alien and the mist jaws. I watched mm -hmm. twice, I think, uh, which really mirrors our situation. Um, they were just sort of oddly comforting, which is what stories are really ultimately supposed to do. As much as they terrify you along the way, ideally there's some uh, 
there's some, you know, satisfaction. There's something about the ending that hopefully inspires you to sort of move in that direction. Unless yeah. you're watching The Mist. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's oh, hope we're not yeah. in The Mist. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I totally <laughs> understand the idea of craving the the three-act structure right now because right now we have no mm-hmm. idea when we're going to get back to normal yeah. like we're yeah. still like are we rescheduling our wedding yeah. I we probably are uh fyi but you could do a zoom wedding it'd be amazing oh, fun. oh yeah my yeah. mom brought that up and was like please don't do that and i was like no, oh no I but i just not. got the, the snapchat filters for zoom that you could did, be a lot yeah. of fun <laughs> uh but yeah it's so i think for sure, that makes complete sense. Wanting, you know, like escaping to a world where, yeah, everything in this world sucks, but at least it ends at a certain point and yeah. there's some right. kind of resolution yeah. whether or not it's bad yeah. or not. Yeah, that's so yeah. that's so bleak, but it makes complete like, sense. Yeah, we're, we're in like an endless second act. Yes. Yeah, it's so yeah. weird. We're really yeah. it's spinning our wheels. It's for yeah. sure. I mean, I think it's fun that we're actually recording this on the anniversary of The Shining. Oh, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, this is. Oh yeah, is it forty today? It's the fortieth anniversary oh, of The Shining. Oh so yeah. And I was just saying to a friend the other day, it feels like our current timeline feels like the Wednesday card, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the movie, where it's just it's just Wednesday. Yeah. Every day is just Wednesday. It's like you don't know what month, you don't know like at what Wednesday. point in the state. It's just it's yeah. Wednesday, man. It is Wednesday, yeah. my dude. That's my Jack Torrance doing fine. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's kind of go through just kind of the broad beats of like what makes up a survival horror like what are the phases we'll go through kind of the three acts of it and because it is amazing for how different all these movies are there is something really human about like human nature kind of goes one way you know like there are consistencies throughout all these different movies where humans are as like a mass hive mind we all kind of act in a predictable way uh so like the beginning is like okay there's there's something out there yeah. There's 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 the other, you know, whether it's the xenomorph, whether it's the shape-shifting creature from the thing, a shark, zombie virus, what have you. Mm-hmm. It's like there's the threat to your your human protagonists. Yeah. You know, which is why we also threw in the clip from the Terminator, you know, yeah. cuz like Reese Reese's exposition about what the Terminator's motivation is, mm-hmm. you know. It doesn't feel pity, it doesn't feel remorse, and it will not stop until you are dead. Like mm-hmm. that's just the perfect Perfect. You know, again, like that movie is completely about obviously killer cyborgs from the future, but it still applies. You know, its motivations match those of a virus. Yeah. I think one of my favorite kind of intro scenes in a movie like this, even though it's not technically the beginning of any kind of outbreak because it's the second in a series, but Dawn of the Dead in the TV station is oh, like yeah. one of my mm. favorite sequences yeah. ever because it's so fucking scary. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. In between that and the uh, the apartment raid, it just really shows quickly yes. how oh, yeah. how much this uh, virus has affected just completely broken down society. Yeah, and uh, you know, on top of that, it's often the first people affected and the people most affected. I'm thinking of Dawn of the Dead is because the apartment raid is like a low. It's like a low income. Yeah, I think. Oh, I'm trying to. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's like the people who would be most vulnerable in real life to stuff like this. We see in John yeah. the Dead are the first people affected by it. How the hell come we stick these low life bastards in these big ass fancy hotels anyway? Shit, man, this is better than I got. He was well. He was so ahead of his time. Yeah, honestly, you know, yeah. like one of my favorite things is to go back and look at uh, Night of the Living Dead, 
and you realize how prophetic it was. And it, when you look at Night of the Living Dead and you realize this was made right in the middle of the civil rights era, mm-hmm. you know, and again, how ahead of its time it was um, to have an African-American man as your hero mm-hmm. of a horror movie. Um, but also just, you know, themes of paranoia and turning on each other and just the world going to hell Yeah, and how, how we handle it. Yeah. And even the, like, I love how, like the role wasn't written for a black man, mm-hmm. but they cast, mm-hmm. uh, cast him just cause he had the best yeah. audition. But with that casting, the lines between him and, uh, the Barbara? older, like the bald oh, guy. Oh, shit. I forget his name. Yeah. yeah. But like, they take on such a new meaning when yes. that distrust is there. And you're really crazy. You know that? You got a million windows up here. All these windows, you're gonna you're gonna make them strong enough to keep these things out, huh? I told you those things don't have any strength. I smashed three of them and pushed another one out the door. Did you hear me when I told you they turned over our car? Because that distrust yeah. happens regardless of race in in these movies. Like in the Mist, it's not racially based. It's more like religion and and uh, yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, having that aspect in a movie that came out in 1968, it's it's wild. You're stepping back and looking at all these horror movies. That's what I find so amazing about them. That's what I love about the genre is that, of course, it's entertaining. We love it for that. We love it for the gore and the monsters and all the horror icons it gave us, just the pure popcorn value. But to think that horror, which is a genre that a lot of people look down on, um, especially in the industry, even though it, it tends to build and keep studios alive, a lot of people in town just sort of scoff at it and just view it as a way to make a quick buck. It's so deceptively complex and complicated and educational, you know, because it is able to dissect some pretty heavy themes about human nature and society uh, and disguise it as popcorn entertainment, you know, which is really the best way to convey a message is to sort of Trojan horse it into people's minds Mm -hmm. and their subconscious. And so to think that it's this particular genre, horror and sci-fi horror, um, which could honestly create a survival guide you know, no one's going to watch romantic comedies and figure out how to survive COVID-19. <laughs> but you can watch enough of these movies together and actually pick up some pretty decent survival tips. Yeah, especially thinking, you know, as long as we're kind of, you know, looking at the beginning of these these movies, uh, going back to Night of the Living Dead, in the very beginning of that, they're... Um, it's almost a joke, the fact that, oh, there's a zombie shambling across this graveyard. They, yeah. they, they just think it's a weird guy. Oh, they're coming to get you, Barbara. And that's when when COVID was starting. I remember it seeming like just kind of a, hey, is that like a thing we should be worried about? And it just it just was like a weird thing. That, well, think of, yeah. You know, I mean, think about it. It was like, oh, well, there's only a few cases. It's fine. There's only there's only a few zombies out there, you know. And then all of a sudden, we're locking ourselves in our houses and raiding store shelves. And yeah. I mean, that's the, that's that's what I think a lot of people. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I think horror fans probably get it more than most, or I'd like to think that they do. That you know, all of these monsters, all these uh, aliens and zombie viruses and everything else are just metaphors for also for for potentially real world situations. Yeah. So after this kind of we we introduce our. Uh, stand in for pandemic in this case, but you know, our zombies, our disease, our, our shark, what's kind of after that? Like what, what stage are our characters in after the initial introduction of the bad panic. thing? Just mass panic. It's a, yeah. It's, well, no, it's, it's panic and finding shelter, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the preparation. It's, 
it is the the hoarding, the panic buying, the the boarding up of the windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess reverting know? to just the most basic survival instincts yeah. of it's yeah finding it, safety and yeah. When you mention kind of looking for shelter and find you know like uh like holding up in a location, I'm realizing that in all these movies we're kind of talking about the the locations are so distinct like they are so yeah. crucial like you think of the grocery store in the mist yeah the house in yeah. the living dead the mall in dawn of the dead they're, well they're they become characters the nostromo mm-hmm. uh you know outpost 31 like these these are all things that have become so legendary that we wear t-shirts with their logos on them Hey, normally this would be an ad break, but it's not an ad break this week. This is just a quick break as long as we're talking about quarantine stuff, COVID stuff. Just a reminder to, you know, take care of yourself and take care of others. Reach out to friends, family if you can. Video chat's really good. Uh, Face-to-face stuff, uh, not literally, but over. (laughs) Video chat's really important to Stick your face in their face. Don't do that. No, 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 no. But it's yeah, it's important to right now in the midst of all this. It's it's overwhelming. It's scary for everyone, and to just remember to like take some time for yourself to take care of yourself. And if you want, you can reach out to NAMI, N A M I, the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization. I have some contact info here. I'll put all this in the description, and I have a little graphic on the screen too. So if you want, you can get support for yourself or for others by going to NAMI.org. NAMI.org or calling 1-800-950-NAMI and that's 6264. So again, that's 1-800-950-6264 for some uh, mental health support. It's like, you know, it can be hard to admit maybe that's what you need right now, but we're giving we're giving you the the push maybe you you need or maybe you want right now to go. Yeah, go take care of yourself. You, you're worth it. You deserve it. Yeah. It's uh, It can be an isolating time right now. It's very isolating right now. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Feel free to admit that. Yes. Yeah. We, we love you. Uh, you're good people. And you are. We, we care so much about you. We want you all to be safe. Okay. Back to the show. Okay. So, yeah, there's the initial kind of panic phase. We're all going to our, our signature locations in the film. What do you think? What's kind of next in our narrative I I, you know, I think it's the paranoia that sets in. Like once we all are locked inside the grocery store or the spaceship or, you know, the hotel, what have you, is just sort of, you're not just dealing with the external threat, it's the internal one. Yeah. You know, so whether it's your own psychosis or putting up with each other, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's all that sort of debate and how we slowly start to turn on each other. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not, uh, familiar enough with the hierarchy of needs to be able to com- directly compare. Oh, but if, what Maslow's hierarchy is that? Yes, yeah. yeah, I don't know, but it feels kind of related to that because it sounds like once you get your, once you're safe and you know that, like, okay, I'm not actively nailing up boards against the windows. Like now, it's time uh, to get a little bit more cerebral with it and yeah. think about, oh, what's like the the root cause of this danger that's being presented? Yeah, to and humans yeah. are just so social that. When we restructure the way 
we live and the way our society set up, it's like, okay, well now we have to figure out the new rules of this weird little society we've made yeah. in this grocery store because we're humans and that's what we do. Like we have to build a hierarchy of like who's in charge. And that's when you start getting all the weirdo stock characters of all these disaster movies. Like you get crazy Plus, religious lady and like, yeah, you know, it's the I, end I, of the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's where that's where you start going a little Lord of the Flies. Yeah, you know? a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think, but I think that's also where you also start to realize. I think in one of these really good stories that the threat isn't so much the one you identified initially. It isn't the external threat. It's not really the shark you have to worry about. It's the fucking mayor. Yeah, you know, it's it's it's, it's the it's the government making the wrong decision, or it's the it's the loud mouth religious nut inside locked inside the store with you that they are either as equal to the threat out there um, or even more dangerous. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, as we're discussing them, I'm starting to realize that this is one of my favorite subgenres of horror movies. Yeah, I love it too. Based on both. I mean, I love all those locations we discussed, like especially the mall and Dawn of the Dead. They're all such fun places to spend a movie's runtime in. And then I really like it when there are clashes of ideology and there are different people vying for leadership of a group based on their different beliefs like i mean the mist we're gonna keep coming back to because that's it's such like, a good example yeah. of it though but, yeah but with that you got not only like the religious uh aspect that comes in a little bit later but even earlier on and which was included in your video andre brower's character yeah. of uh disbelief and the skepticism towards yep. like something can't be this big to upheave our entire society it just, it just can't be this way so i'm yeah. going to ignore it and hope for the best no no, what do you mean, no? Uh, no, we got uh, real problems to deal with here, and uh, this uh, pathetic attempt at a joke has gone far enough. Yeah, again, it's, it's the, the most dangerous thing is really the human ego, you know, more than anything. And um, I think it even applies to Alien, you know, in the form of Ash, who's really just a puppet of, of the company, you know? So it's, you know, people love to point the finger at the Xenomorph as being the, the villain of the Alien series, and it's really not. It's the company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the Xenomorph is just a force of nature in the same way that the shark is a force of nature. And so it's like the real villain of Jaws is Mayor Vaughn and his refusal to close down the beaches and protect the people because he's so greedy. Um, you know, which again, it mirrors exactly where we are right now. And a damn company. What about our lives, you son of a bitch? I repeat, all other priorities are ascended. I guess, yeah, because in a lot of these cases of these movies that we're talking about, that external threat that they're all trying to survive from doesn't really have uh, motivation or uh, even culpability, really. It's usually a more mindless thing, whether it's a yeah. zombie, which is undead, and, yeah. or an animal, like in the mist, their creatures, or the xenomorph, or uh, like a virus, yeah. which it always blows my mind when I really think about how like a virus and a bacterial infection are different because the bacteria is living and a virus isn't living. It's just this weird, like, glitch in coding. Yeah. Get yeah. you and fuck you up. And it's, it's, it's pretty still... close, but yeah, it's not. It's technically not alive. It's technically weird. not alive, and that's so weird to me. Yeah. And it makes it scarier. Yeah. It's it is weird how the the variables we can control, you know, like ourselves uh, working with other people, is like then the hardest thing to to deal yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're right. Like that is that is that is a common theme. I mean, if you if you go back and look at the list of movies, uh, you know, even 28 days later, the real villains of that piece are the military guys who think that they're going to repopulate the planet 
you know, by sexually assaulting these women that have come to them for shelter. We all heard stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, how they, um, how they thought that there were other dimensions, you know, other, other worlds all around us and how they wanted to try and make, um, uh, a window. Oh, well, no, you mentioned the mist because it's humans that opened the portal to that dimension. Yeah. Right. You know, it was a military experiment. Gone. Yes, yeah, that's it's, right. it's a, you never see it, but they talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very talking yeah. movie. Yes. <laughs> it's 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 a it's a military experiment gone wrong. So it's like it like a lot of what these movies have in common is that humans did this to themselves. Yeah. And and then and then threw gasoline on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just made it <laughs> Sometimes <worse>. literally. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it kind of explains our current predicament. You know, I mean, like, you know, the, the debate about the origin of it is interesting. Yeah. Um, and e either one points to human culpability. That's whether, right, yeah. whether, whether you want to believe that, you know, COVID-19 is the result of some weird uh, military program in China or whether you want to believe it's the result of a wet market. Yeah. Human humans still did this to ourselves. Yeah. Like at the 5G conspiracy theories that it's like five, oh. the 5G phone networks. Are oh, that's been right. Yeah. Right Hell yeah. It has. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's I, I think that's another thing about these movies that appeal to me is just how tragic they are, mm -hmm. because there are so many beats throughout the movies where people could have made decisions that would have been better and saved more people, but they fuck up because people fuck up. And then that costs lives like uh, yeah. Yeah. In Dawn of the Dead when the, the bikers ruin it mm -hmm. for them by dismantling their protective barriers and come in and just like are this agent of chaos. Mm -hmm. And uh, like you keep re relating it back to where we are now in the real world. I mean, they just had that report of what if we had started social distancing a week or two earlier, however many thousands of lives would have been saved. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, 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 I felt oddly prepared for this. Yeah. You know, again, like I'm not saying it was a conscious choice, but. You know, I think it was all subconscious programming from watching these movies for decades where I was sort of oddly unfazed. And I kept joking that like my Sarah Connor survival genes were suddenly activated, you know, and it was just sort of like, OK, what would my favorite what would McReady do? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's like and, and I, I, I credit these movies to a certain degree for sort of just almost providing an emotional crutch. You know, it's like yeah. having 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 loved these films for as long as we all have, you know, the current events oddly sort of don't seem as horrifying, I think, if you were strictly a romantic comedy fan. <laughs> sure, know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I also want to think too that in a way these movies prepare you for not just the the uh, the crazy parts of this whole thing or the the extremely disastrous parts of this whole thing but like how boring this all is at a point <laughs> like being holed up somewhere uh sucks and I think that's a huge part of the reason that people are just we're dying to have stuff reopened and it's 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 human to want to go outside and see people but it's like you know having to resist that is like something that I think you know, these movies will touch upon, but obviously it doesn't make for super exciting cinema. But you think like there's montages of like, you know, we see people just sitting around in that grocery store or in, right. in Dawn of the Dead where they go, all right, I guess I'll go ice skating in the ice rink that's in yeah, the, the small. Yeah, the funny game. Right. Which that, do <laughs> I, that looks fun, actually, not super yeah. boring. but Or like in the thing, their source of entertainment is like that computer game. <laughs> yeah, or they're or like they're they're watching the same VHS tapes over and over. Yeah, again. exactly. Yeah.
Yeah, just yeah. how mind-numbing that all the stuff that gets left on the cutting room floor but is implied, you know, that process yeah. of it is just, yeah. yeah, it's exhausting. But I think, you know, the movies also all point the finger to what we were just talking about and we can maybe expand on is just the finger pointing and the threat of people turning on each other. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, it, it tends to be scarier than sort of the, the threat of the other, the otherworldly thing. You're actually more at risk from your fellow human beings. I have definitely had interactions where it's just reminded me of stuff like the thing where you can't trust the person you're talking to. And in that movie, right. it's because they might be a shapeshifter, but in real life right now, it's because they might be an asymptomatic carrier yeah, and like of not, COVID. Not wearing a mask and yeah. just like, yeah. yeah. So it's just, you walk by someone and you're like, is this person, my, my fellow human being who I should have some kind of bond with just on the basis of our shared DNA, is this person going to kill me? Like inadvertently right. or not, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. scary. So, yeah, and, and there's, there's a lot of scary videos floating around too of people who are, you know, attempting to go into stores without masks because they say it's their constitutional right to walk into a grocery store not wearing a mask, blah, 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 even though the constitution does allow for quarantine uh, during a pandemic, but let's all forget that. <laughs> um, uh, but um, th there's now a whole subset of people who uh, thumb their nose up at, you know, the safety precautions, which is oddly sort of something that a lot of movies, I think, didn't predict you yes. know you never saw you never saw a zombie movie you know that featured someone who's like i'm going out there i don't care what you say i guess the mist kind of yeah the mist, the has, mist has some a of little that, bit yeah. yeah that's true yeah no, but, that's true yeah that's so i remember thinking that too is like we didn't predict yeah people being like it's my right to be a zombie i'm gonna go shopping <laughs> like it's it's yeah. wild and i i think a big part of it is just because the the exterior threat in our case in reality is an uncontrolled like it's a virus like we said it's not even alive it has no conscious it, it just is and what's humans are we just we just desire control like that's what humans do we control our environments we control each other like we're just such animals of control and i feel like it's just people handling in different ways the desire to have some control over something and in this case i can control my decision to like make a political statement going into a store without a you know it's in a weird way i think that's a big part of it it's just yeah, the I, desire I, 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 will, to... I will guarantee you that a lot of these people who are going out uh without wearing masks or thumbing their nose up at you know safety precautions like that i guarantee you they're not horror fans I guarantee yeah. you they, they, that they haven't watched any of these movies. They don't realize you know? what character they are in the whole Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say, exactly. I, I, you know, I read all my comments on my videos, and there have been very, very few that have been, like, COVID skeptics. Only, like, right. well, like it's, it's, on one hand, I could count the number of people who have commented on, like, oh, it's not a big deal. Well, there have been, <laughs> there have been polls, too, that the majority of people think we're opening up too early. I think the majority of oh. people are like, yeah. No, we should be. Sh it's oh, yeah, just it's a vocal minority. It's just the vocal minority is more interesting to do a news story on. And but it's also, yeah. you know, I mean, if we're going to get into this discussion, there's also just this tendency for people to have view things black and white sure. and think that things either have to be like stayed locked down until vaccine or open everything up right now, which are obviously that's a false dichotomy. And yeah, it just sucks that I wish people would just pay more attention to uh 
science and be understanding that with science, as you learn things, you adjust your priors and change your tactics. But that's also, well, I'm, I'm, yeah, go ahead. I, mean, I was going to say, like, that's the other key thing in a lot of these movies is the scientists yep. tend to be ignored. <laughs> that, that's that's literally so, what I was just going to say. Okay, good. Yeah, so <laughs> yes. whether, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, Dreyfus in Jaws, mm-hmm. Wilford Brimley in The Thing, <laughs> You know, it's the the scientists tend to be the ones that the pig-headed administrative official scoff at, ignore, because they know better. Uh, you know, so again, it's like, I think if you're a genre fan, I'd like to think that you're also smart enough to realize what characters you should or shouldn't listen to in life and which characters you should or shouldn't emulate in life. Yeah. You know, like, don't be Mayor Vaughn and Jaws. Don't yeah. be that guy. You know, like the, the roadmap is laid out before you if you choose to embrace that archetype. Yeah. Um, and like maybe Richard Dreyfus is a little condescending sometimes and you're like, oh, this guy knows he's, he's smarter than me and drives me nuts, but he's smarter than me and I should listen yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's something that Alien did do really well. Is yeah. They, they, they took the person that you do normally turn to, the science officer, and made them the villain. Yeah. You know, so that was that was an excellent twist on their part. But and that's terrible. You know, like, but like, you know, don't be Burke and aliens. You know, <laughs> no, don't be don't never be, be don't be that yeah, don't be that corporate greedy fuck. Mm-hmm. Or the uh uh military guy in Day of the Dead. That's a big but yes. it's been a while since I've that seen it. That guy's so scary. Yeah, and that yeah. that's a big conflict in that movie, right? It's the scientists versus science the, versus the military. military. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm running this monkey farm now, Frankenstein, and I wanna know what the fuck you're doing with my time coming out of just panic we're finding our allegiances uh what's because this is this would be like what like middle of the movie heading towards like end of the second act what's mm-hmm. usually like kind of an end of second act break of these types of movies is it's it probably putting together a like plan a plan sorts, yeah right? like we're getting out of here yeah i mean i think i think it's you know the human drama comes to comes to a head you know, so you have the splinter of the factions, you have the people turning on each other, the ones who choose to go outside, which we did hit on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the people who who decide they're going back in the water. Um, <laughs> another beat that Evan and I threw in that I thought was kind of fun and They Live really provided the fodder for that was the role of the media mm-hmm. in yeah. this, which is a little new. But then you also realize like movies have hit on that. Um you know, it's like when you do see Mayor Vaughn being, in, you know, interviewed by the news media and the way he uses the spotlight to sort of get his message of it's safe. You can go back in the water. It's cool. Um, again, they live and sort of the mixed message that you get uh, from the media and the propaganda from the aliens. Um, and I think that's especially relevant now because you have, you know, the 24 hour news cycle, which is the bane of human existence. Yes. For yeah. our concerns, yes. Uh, <laughs> And then social media, which is just a disaster, you know, a complete cesspool. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like there's there's no clear message. But it's like if you, if you really think about it, what they tend to do is just get you addicted to fear. Yes. You know? yeah. it's, it's literally designed to do that in the same way that fast food and junk food are designed to get you addicted to fat, sugar, and salt, which are like three basic necessary ingredients to your survival. So they just pump all this crappy food full of those ingredients. The news does the exact same thing with fear and anxiety. Yeah. You know? Yeah, which are meant to be survival tools. Right. You just get overloaded with them. Right. You You pump a population full of that stuff mentally, and then they're just addicted to it. Yeah, it's crazy to remember that uh, news stations would just go off the air in, <laughs> yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Poltergeist. Go to bed. To yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, like, 
when I was growing up, you had the news, like my parents would watch the nightly news. There was like local news from 5.30 to 6, and then national news from like 6 to 6.30. And that was it. They didn't yeah. even really bother with like the late night news, you know? Uh, and then there was like the morning paper. And I made a conscious decision to actually like cut the cable cord 10 years ago because I realized what's the point of having this, you know, overly tanned makeup talking head in a box in my living room spouting constant negativity, mm -hmm. you know, which I might not be actively listening to, but just hearing news stories about fires, deaths, school shootings, et cetera. It's like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, you know, engaging in the news should be something that's active and limited, not something passive and constant. Yeah, I think that kind of constant uh, news cycle, too, is what maybe makes people think that they're all experts because it's like if I oh, yeah. if I'm watching the news all day, I know I you know I I just know all the news. Like I'm yeah, constantly is, watching is, the news, and which can be a problem yeah. when the news is so uh, just modalized. I guess I, I don't know yeah. if that's a word, but it's so specific. You can find your own news that just confirms your own beliefs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's just a lot of confirmation bias, a lot of echo chamber, and and just a hundred percent toxic generally yeah, um, yeah. and that, that was honestly like you know like you know carpenter is just one of those filmmakers who's so ahead of his time yes but like you know that's why we chose to use they live sort of sprinkled throughout it because you know he made that movie in the 80s in the late 80s when cable news um was really sort of finding its feet mm -hmm. and we were all becoming addicted to cable television and uh and mass media was really starting to become a thing and it no pun intended but uh <laughs> it it you know it, it's like i think he identified a threat you know yeah. to sort of our, our to our own just mental health yeah and he's very openly you know talked to about just that era and like the reagan era specifically yeah. and how you know the 80s is just such a shift to like a super consumer based like the united states has always been like a consumer based culture but the 80s is like that just jacked up to 11 as yeah. i'm wearing i'm wearing a spinal tap shirt that's so lame uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's yeah, and he he said in interviews about his work that it's like that's you know something he's he's been really aware of and that he is critiquing. Oh, he's the best. Like they live. I I he's the best. adore. Yeah, <laughs> like he, he's just so under he was so underappreciated for a long time. I think everyone's come back around to yeah. him. Yeah, you know, yeah. And really, and 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 it's definitely been uh uh he's definitely been put up on the pedestal that he belongs on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, earlier today, I was just spending my time uh, going through Christine because I'm covering that. And it's just mm. like, yeah, it's it's a movie that kind of gets overlooked, but it's just another amazing movie from him. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. But again, what I love about it is that a lot of his movies from They Live, The Thing, you know, onward, they have a very sort of subversive streak to them. Yeah. Definitely. That's, you know? I mean, like they're always, they're always entertaining, but, you know, and They Live being a, the best example of that. It's like they always have a very harsh critique with the direction our culture is heading in. Oh yeah, and yeah. they're they're a critique from the point of view of the the masses of the. Um, he's I think I consider him a very working class director. Very Lots of oh yeah, blue collar yeah the proletariat for yeah. sure. And same with Romero. Um, I feel like the hallmark of a lot of really good horror directors is they do have this kind of proletariat like you know, mm -hmm. POV, which, yeah, yeah. In a, in a case of something like this during a pandemic, it's like where, you know, 
where we're going to find our strength is all working together as like people and recognizing that, you know, the people who are really pushing to endanger us by maybe opening stuff up early or not encouraging proper researchers are people who stand to make money from this. Uh, they're people yeah. who are in charge. It's, yeah. It's, you it's, know, it's, 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 it's crew expendable. That's what yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. It really yeah. is. That's, that's all it's crew expendable. And it's, you know, yeah, I think it's amazing to look at these movies that are from the POV of the, you know, the people and realize that's like, you know, we got to look out for each other, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, horror is so cool. It's the best. It's the I'm best. Just, I'm just having such a moment. Like, oh, I love horror. In fact, no, I, it's, it's they're 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 mythic. You know, they 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 channel our nightmares, all our fears, all our anxieties, but also all of our, you know, theoretically, hopefully, just all the types of archetypes, all the kinds of personalities that can rise to the occasion to overcome. Yeah, for sure. That's another. You know, it, it, like we focus on a lot of the the negative characters and and. Uh, you know, tropes in these movies, but there are, yeah, the types of people that are worth listening to. And that, like you said, will rise to the occasion. I think that's another important thing to dissect. By the way, that's a good thing to even touch on is just, you know, who are the McCready's, the Chief Brody's, the Ripley's, um, you know, all these sort of heroes that do end up at least surviving, if not completely triumphing by the end, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and, and what are the traits that they embody um, uh, you know, and how do you identify those traits in yourself to really sort of get through the day? Cause by the way, like I, I think about that, you know, on the really rough days and I've had a few rough days in quarantine. It's like, okay, yeah. Like what would Sarah Connor do? All right, I'm gonna do some pull-ups. I'm gonna do yeah. some pull-ups for like the next hour at least. You yeah. Know? And I, I think sure. of people who have been like whistleblowers, that's a very dangerous thing to be <laughs> nowadays. But I think of, yeah, again, like the Alien series, whistleblowers in that series are like the heroes. They're the ones who are pointing out like, hey, the company is like trying to fuck us. They don't care about us. I think what's really sad, yeah. though, is that, I mean, obviously it's easier in a movie where it's a uh, constructed world and, you know, you write the terms and the characters. But, you know, there's usually a, a good person, a uh, unambiguously good person a leader to look up to in those uh movies Mm -hmm. and i i think it kind of sucks that you can't really point to anyone in real life and if you can it'll get some blowback just because everything's like people are so divided and partisan now because like you know you would think that fauci would be a go-to guy of like oh yeah he's our good guy and yet there is a a small but vocal uh Mm -hmm. subdivision of people who are against him Yeah, but I think, think, well, I mean, yeah, I I do, I do think, I mean, fingers crossed, I'd like to think that the majority of the population is uh, in support of our doctors and nurses and medical technicians. Um, But, you know, Fauci is interesting because it's like, we we mentioned that he's sort of the equivalent of Richard Dreyfuss in Jaws, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's that great moment in Jaws when Richard Dreyfuss first shows up at the island and he sees a bunch of fishermen piling into a boat. Yeah, You know, and he tries to warn them, you know, like you can't go out that way. Your boat's going to sink. And they basically tell him to fuck off, you know, and he turns around and he just mutters to himself, they're all going to die. And it's like, I'd like to think Fauci's doing the same thing. Yes, (laughs) I, (laughs) 
I, th- I think actually what you just said, though, is a good thing to remember, because I, I just had like a little moment to myself sitting here of like, oh, we don't have a McCready. But I, I think, yeah, it's good to maybe think of uh, instead of national figures whose names we know, just think of, you know, the doctors and nurses. And- yeah, it's, it's not anybody who's going to be craving the spotlight. Yes, it's not. You know, it's not going to be a celebrity. You know, it's 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 you know, it's never going to be somebody sitting behind a news desk or a podium like. I think that's the other through line a lot of these movies have is that it's the everyman. Yeah. You know, it is, it's the town sheriff, you know, it's, it's the, you know, everyone talks about how the crew of alien, like a bunch of space truckers, mm-hmm. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know, absolutely. and it's, it, it is, it's, it's the next door neighbor. Yeah. And then, you know, in a movie, you know, we got to have our, our character to identify with, we have a, a name and a face, but yeah, in real life, it's, you know, maybe expanding that to be a bit of a, a metaphor and thinking right right like of groups of people like people who work in grocery stores I'm like in yeah. awe of and should be making six figures <laughs> in by the, my but, by, but by the way guess who one of the main heroes of the mist is is it's the grocery store clerk. yeah oh yeah that's yeah. right honestly yeah. he's amazing yeah. yeah he's amazing you know and like that's what I love about these movies is that they, it's 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 the unlikely heroes rising to the occasion yeah, reluctant leaders, which is the best kind of leader in a crisis. It's the yeah, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper was just a drifter. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis is, yeah. you know, Jamie Lee Curtis is is just a babysitter, and McCready was kind. He's kind of an antihero. He's like a hard drinking helicopter pilot who clearly has a lot of trust issues. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not. Even not, it's not yeah, they're not even. It's like these aren't people who are automatically good when you first meet them. They're a little rough around the edges a lot of times. I feel like what we're doing is we're like, we're creating that sort of, you know, the opening part of the video game where you have to choose your fighter. Yeah. You know, and like, and that's, that's, that's how I think everyone has to like, look at this pandemic. It's just, okay. You know, in sort of the vast menu of all these sort of horror movie heroes, choose your fighter, choose the one that you identify with, who matches your own values, you know, direction you'd want to head in and just do your best to emulate what that character would do and avoid becoming all the villains of the pieces. Yeah. I think that's the best advice we can hope for. Yeah, right now, for sure. As we live in this timeless period. <laughs> Better that, like, like, don't be Agent Smith. Don't yeah. be Karen. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of Karens right now. We don't need any more of those. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're an essential worker right now, uh, you're the fucking best and you deserve so much more than what you're being given. Yeah. <laughs> Just in general. Before we let you go, I did want to ask you, because, I mean, you've made, you know, some big fucking movies, dude. Are you comfortable calling yourself like a horror filmmaker or would you prefer just filmmaker? Because I know that some people kind of, you know, they they Um, bristle at it. I mean, I don't bristle at it, but, you know, I I feel like I'm just getting started, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm a filmmaker and I love who happens to love horror and monsters and all my movies have had monsters of one variety or another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, maybe I'll make a straight drama or thriller someday. I don't know. Uh, but I just love monsters so much. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, we appreciate it. Cause... I would I would love to have you back sometime to just do an episode about, like, kaiju and stuff. I feel mm. like that would be dope. Well, we, could, we, could, we could do a Halloween episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it can all be about uh, hashtag Halloween at home come October. Oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, that hurts to hear. <laughs> it does hurt. I know it does. I know it does, but I'm already like one of my favorite traditions is helping my nephew plan for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because he's, he's going to be 10 soon and um, he's getting into like doing his own home haunt. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we're going to have a whole uh, push on social media of how do you make Halloween awesome for kids 
in your backyard, your front yard, inside the house? How do you trick or treat inside the house when yeah. it's a scavenger hunt? What do the movies need to like? Because I, I just can't imagine that by October we're going to be having Halloween parties. No, and, I don't think know, so. And haunted houses. So it's it's like I'm all nice. for decorating tips and recipes. Yeah, and weddings. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah, we can we can definitely that'd can have be a whole, so fun. We can, we can do a whole. It'll be like like our version of like Martha Stewart's Halloween. We'll do like how to have yeah. Halloween at home and fun. Yeah, things the light, the, the the lighting, the recipes, you know, the movie marathons, all that stuff. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's good. I love it. Man, I can't imagine. I feel so bad for kids right now because you know, know. You'll, you only get so many years as a kid, and yeah. Yeah. when you're when you're in your you know, adult years, one year, whatever. It's it's the same more or less than the years around it. But when yeah. you're a kid, man, each year is something yeah. special. It's, and to yeah. have one be... Just... I mean, I, I still plan on decorating my front yard. I'd like to think that maybe you can at least still roam around and look at decorations. I just don't know if handing out treats is going to be a, yeah. that might a be, safe thing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you'll be wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Well, we'll see when we get there. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> Boy. Well, cool. Thank you so much, Mike. This yeah. was so fun. And yeah, we'll have you back on. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Just stay safe and healthy. Yeah, stay safe. <laughs> you too. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. cool. Uh, yeah. Until next time, I'm James. And I'm Chelsea. And this was Mike Doherty. And this has been the Dead Meat <laughs> Podcast. <laughs>